Welcome to ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. Many employers have been making changes to the benefits that they offer their employees in response to the pandemic. And at the same time, many Americans are starting new jobs. So as an employee or a job seeker, it's probably in your best interest to know what benefits an employer offers and how to enroll. Because of my professional experience, I've witnessed firsthand how employers have gone about promoting their health insurance, retirement plans, and other benefits as a way to recruit and retain employees. So on an annual basis, which typically occurs in the fall, many employers have what is called open enrollment, when employees can select or make changes to their health insurance, life insurance, and other types of benefits offered. Well, today, Catherine Collinson, CEO and president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute, and Mihaela Vince, public health expert for Transamerica Institute, are joining us to share what we need to know when reviewing benefits such as health insurance, health savings accounts, disability, as well as other insurances. Because amid the pandemic, it's more important than ever to know your options by choosing wisely and, of course, being conscious of deadlines. Now, Catherine, I know you've done a lot of research among employers over the years, so could you lead us off with what you've learned from your annual surveys? Great question, Al, and uh, it's great to be here to talk about employee benefits. We've been researching what employers offer for many years. Our most recent survey we did in late 2020 And echoing what you said earlier, employers take their employee benefits offering very seriously, not only to help their employees, but as being helpful in attracting and retaining talent. One of the things that we've seen over the years of our research, which is, I think, really important to help set expectations with our listeners, is large companies are much more likely to offer benefits compared with small companies. So for example, according to our late 2020 survey, 80% of employers with 100 or more employees offered health insurance compared with just 57% of small companies. And we see the same type of disconnect or rift when we look at other types of insurance as well. If you're listening and you work for a large company, be on the lookout for all the benefits that we're talking about. Uh, And if you work for a small company, it's just as important. You may be offered benefits you don't know about, but also don't be surprised if you're not offered some of the things that we mentioned on the show. Right. Now, you mentioned health insurance, and that's probably the most standard prevalent type of insurance companies do offer. So on that note, I'd like to bring uh, Mihaela into the mix uh, to walk us through the different types of insurance plans people may get through their employer. So Mihaela, could you help us out here? Sure thing, Al. Let's start with the most basic concept, and that is that health insurance plans provide coverage for eligible healthcare expenses, such as office visits, prescription drugs, inpatient hospital services, urgent care visits, and even therapy services. So that's the easy part to understand. From there, it can get a little more complicated. But understanding the various types of plans your employer offers and what the costs and benefits are is vital for your health as well as your wallet, and can even help prevent surprises. Many employers offer more than one type of health insurance to give their employees flexibility. The one you choose will help determine your out-of-pocket costs, as well as which doctors you can see. The most common types of health plans are HMOs, PPOs, and EPOs. Well, that's uh, some kind of alphabet soup that you've cooked up there. What do all these acronyms stand for? And more importantly, what do they cover? An HMO is a health maintenance organization. It is the most common type of insurance 
that companies offer. It offers coverage from doctors who work or contract with the HMO. It generally won't cover out-of-network care except in an emergency. An HMO may require you to live or work in its service area to be eligible for coverage, which is important to keep in mind now that more people work remotely and may not live where their company's HMO operates. Got it. Now, what about these others that you mentioned, PPO and EPO? So a PPO is a preferred provider organization, and it offers the most choice in providers. You can use doctors, hospitals, and providers outside of the plan's network without a referral. This choice typically comes with higher costs than the other plans. Using in-network providers can bring down your costs somewhat. EPO, on the other hand, is an exclusive provider organization, which is a managed care plan where services are only covered if you use doctors, specialists, or hospitals in the plan's network except in sometimes emergencies. There are typically more options for providers with an EPO compared to with an HMO. Gotcha. Well, with all these diverse types of plans and knowing that some employers offer more than one type of plan, what uh, should folks be considering when they actually go out and choose a plan? I suggest starting by thinking about your healthcare needs, what you spent last year, and any planned procedures for the coming years. Assess how important it is to you to be able to choose your own providers. If you have a family, consider their needs too. Then compare the costs and benefits of the plan offered to you. Sometimes the plans that are the least expensive may not have the level of benefits you or your family need. That's sound advice, Mihaela. Now, shifting gears, what can you tell us about health savings accounts, which in some cases many employers may also provide? Yes, many employers offer a health savings account or HSA. It's a tax-advantaged medical savings account available to those who are enrolled in a high-deductible health plan, which are plans with higher deductibles than traditional insurance plans, meaning that you pay more health care costs yourself before the insurance company starts to pay its share. And just to be clear, someone being enrolled in a health insurance plan with a higher deductible typically enables them to enroll in an HSA. So then can you give us your perspective and some details regarding HSAs? So HSAs are an excellent way to save for medical expenses and to reduce your taxable income. The funds contributed to the account aren't subject to federal income tax at the time of the deposit. The funds grow tax deferred and are not taxable when they are withdrawn to pay for qualified medical expenses at any point in your life. Such expenses include those higher deductibles, co-payments, co-insurance, medication, or other out-of-pocket expenses. A great feature of HSAs is that you can use the funds at any point in time to make them an excellent savings vehicle during your working years and into retirement. Mahela, thanks uh, for distilling all that. That's uh, quite a bit to absorb, but at the same time, very, very important to know. Now, what about FSAs or flexible spending accounts? Can you help listeners understand the difference between those and, say, HSAs? It's definitely easy to be confused by these two types of accounts. Like an HSA, you can use a flexible saving account, FSA, to pay for copayments, deductibles, prescriptions, and other qualified healthcare costs. Like HSAs, FSAs also reduce your taxes because the contributions are made on a pre-tax basis. The biggest difference is that you must use most of your funds in the year that they were contributed. In short, you have to use it or lose it. Lastly, many companies also offer the ability to contribute pre-tax money to dependent care, FSA, to use for eligible child and elder care expenses that you incur so you can work. 
Well, that's going to be some welcome news, you know, especially to those individuals raising young families, as well as those providing support to, say, their aging parents or, or spouses. Catherine, I'd like to turn back to you and get your thoughts on other types of benefits that employees may be offered by their employers during open enrollment. Of course, Al. And I, I also want to start by thanking Mahela for providing an extraordinary amount of detail on health insurance, because there are so many options And it is so important to pick what is right for you and right for your family. So I am just going to touch in a high-level way a few other benefits to be mindful of during open enrollment season. Be on the lookout and, of course, uh, be prepared to do your homework. The first benefit is disability insurance. Disability insurance can replace a portion of your income in the event of illness or injury so that you are temporarily disabled and unable to work. This type of disability insurance can help cover a portion of your income until you're ready to go back to work. Companies often provide short-term disability and basic long-term disability to their employees and at no cost. Review the coverages because you may be able to purchase additional long-term disability coverage. Uh, And this can be especially important if you need that income in the event of illness or injury so that you can continue to cover your costs and care for your family until you're ready to go back to work. Exactly. And I'm one person who can speak to long-term disability coverage. I mean, went and had uh, surgery a few years back and was out for an extended period of time. And can tell you that it's you know important to know how much uh, it covers and the limitations uh, because I was out for much much longer than anticipated. So good to know uh, the information and the details uh, provided around that. Now, what are some other benefits, uh, Catherine? We should have on our radar. Life insurance is another type of benefit that is commonly offered by employers. Sometimes it's at no cost, or sometimes it's an out of pocket cost. And they typically offer various levels of coverage. And this can be especially important. Nobody wants to think of the unthinkable, but it can be especially important if you have a family and if in the event something happens to you, a death benefit could be a meaningful way to help them stay afloat as they navigate through such a dramatic change. Other types of benefits are called voluntary benefits, meaning that they are voluntary and typically the employee pays the entire cost. And these range from things including critical illness insurance to one of my favorites, which is pet insurance. We've all heard about the pandemic puppies and pet insurance is a way to help cover their medical expenses uh, in the event that they get sick. So very important things to think about. Uh, Again, though, as we talk about on this show all the time, it's important that you do your homework so that you make informed decisions about what's right for you. And then lastly, Al, the other benefit I'll talk about, which is typically not part of open enrollment, but is very near and dear to my heart, and that is retirement benefits. You don't need to re-enroll in your 401k if you're already enrolled. But while you're thinking about benefits and planning, it's a good time to check your account, ensure that your savings and investments are consistent with your risk tolerance and years to retirement. 
and to ensure that you're on track in terms of meeting your retirement savings goals. And then if you're not already participating in your employer's plan, it's always a good time to sign up, especially if there's an employer match involved. Well, I'll second that one, uh, Catherine, and because you know time flies and before you know it, uh, retirement will be there. And obviously, uh, you want that retirement savings to be there for you and for your family. Now, where can our listeners turn uh, for more information? The most important place listeners can go to to learn more about their employee benefits is their employers. Employers typically offer this information, especially during open enrollment seasons, either online through their company or through their benefits providers, or they may offer it through email. Some may even still rely on old-fashioned hard copy via snail mail. That's the most important place to go. Review those materials and again, review them closely so you know what the the benefits involved are, what the costs to you are involved so that you can make informed decisions about what's right for you and your family. In terms of other resources, if you're interested in learning more, uh, we have a number of guides as well as employer research, worker research, and materials on workforce trends at our website at transamericainstitute.org. And you can follow us on Twitter at TI Insights. Um, We also have a Facebook page as well. Catherine and Mihaela, thank you so much for sharing this tremendous wealth of information. And for our listeners who don't have access to health insurance at work, check out our recent episode of ClearPath, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth, titled Medicare Explained, or our forthcoming episode on the health insurance marketplace. ClearPath, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth, is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit, private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about retirement security and the intersections of health and financial well-being. You can find our weekly podcast on WIPR's Podcast Central and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org. I'm your host, Al Waller. Till the next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.